Yo, everybody, what is up? Kaplan and crew with just the crew once again today. Alex Padilla, John Browner, and the man out the bullpen, our closer, our all-star closer, Jason Lawhead in today as well. We are brought to you by the Seven Mile Casino. Seven Mile Casino, just minutes away from downtown San Diego with all of your favorite table games. And now, not really and now, it's been there for a while, but Sammy's Restaurant and Bar, a full bar, you get yourself a browner espresso martini. I think if you ask for the browner, they'll probably just bring that out to you now. I think that's how popular he's made that drink. Semilecasino.com, just minutes away from downtown San Diego. Remember, if you have any problems, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This week is going to look a little different this week. Um, Scott is in tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, we're not sure about Thursday and Friday, um, but we are, the three of us will be in those three days if he's not but we're here today and what an exciting day it was yesterday for Padres and the Friar faithful before we get to the big news of the day checking in with the fellas boys how we doing today on a Monday on a cold ass Monday we out here we out here for a lot of reasons first and foremost so much for deadlines you know mm, but told you other than that I mean we'll get before we that, get but... there before we get there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, because... I saw Cocaine Bear. Did you? Very nice. Yes. I got to tell y'all, man. Cocaine Bear. Great movie. Okay? Mm -hmm. I've been hearing. If, if you go to the movie, understanding you're going to see a, a bear do cocaine and get wild, you're going to have a great time at the movies. If you go there looking for some cinematic pleasure, you're going to be disappointed. But if you, you go know... there to see a bear do cocaine and attack people, it's a fantastic movie. and it's and it's ray liotta's last movie which i was unaware of until the movie was over i'm like, glad yeah, you what? prefaced it like that too because when you watch the trailer that's all you want you know like right. when you go watch jackass you know what you're gonna get Correct. so when i saw the trailer for cocaine bear i was like i really hope it doesn't they don't do some silly like deep thing i really hope it's just stupid for an hour and a half Bro, they didn't try nothing. They gave this bear cocaine, wound, winded him up, <laughs> yeah. and let him attack people that. in the woods. That, uh, that, that makes me want to go watch it more, to be honest with you. Like, the hey, fact you know, that it is it is that, it is what the trailer says it is, like, that is something that makes me want to go watch it more. I like you know, how much Browner liked the movie. And I'm great, going to dude. see it based off of how, how much I like how much he likes the movie. Because sometimes those movies run out of gas. Like, okay, the bears yeah. attack three people. He on cocaine. Okay, let's get this over with. Nah, right. man. Nah, man. It kept going. <laughs> and it kept getting better. Bear cocaine and wind yeah, up. Yeah, man. Yo, bro. Before they we, uh, bear cocaine. And he went off. He went for Before... 40. <laughs> Dude, was this like literally 90 minutes? It was like 90 minutes, right? It couldn't yeah, be much longer yeah. than 90 minutes. No, oh, yeah, yeah. It's perfectly yeah. timed. It couldn't yeah, be longer. Right. Yeah, the formula. 90 minutes. Get the out. Cocaine Bear. Who else is in that movie? Ray Liotta's in that movie. Doesn't it have it like did, a really listen, good cast? It don't matter. It didn't. It don't. The bear is the star. The yeah. bear, ask the you bear for, is Denzel. Can I ask you one? You know who directed it? Spoiler? The director, I believe, is uh, that, that really Carrie attractive. Russell. Carrie Russell's in it, but I don't think she directed it. Did Elizabeth Banks directed Elizabeth it. Banks. Ah, yeah, yeah, that really attractive blonde actress. She, I think she played... Uh, Laura Bush in the, the Bush movie where Josh Brolin played W. Um, she's been in a lot of stuff. She's been in well, a lot of stuff. She this directed that movie. She, she heard she's about this story uh, from the 80s or whenever it was. Was it the late 70s, the 80s when it actually 80s, it was happened? the 80s, yeah. Yeah. And, Great story. Uh, yeah. Great story. So she made uh, a Can movie. I ask you for one spoiler? 
Yeah. Does the bear ever talk? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. I was a, like, how silly is this thing going to be? You know, like, no. Yeah. Does the bear talk? It, does the bear it's... learn to talk because it did yeah. pain? So yeah. imagine, uh, the best way to describe the movie in, in, in the in the most spoiler alert, not even going to happen since the what? If you gave a bear a huge amount of cocaine, like a brick, bricks, right? Because of yeah, bricks. So he was Cause, gonna, cause once he brick. gets a taste of it, he needs oh, more. Oh right. Mm. <laughs> what would the what would a bear do? A angry cocaine fueled bear. What would he do? That's the movie. Like it, it, he doesn't like do cartwheels. He doesn't like do any nothing crazy. He just nothing bear like, not, stuff. Right, nothing bear like. The bear goes full bear. It's full great. Bear. It was great. Full cocaine. Full bear. bear. Full one hundred percent cocaine bear, man. I'm a fan. Now, I wouldn't go see uh, go. like cocaine bear two because yeah. you know what else can now that he's gonna be back flipping in the next movie. Cocaine so bear two. Sometimes I prefer those movies over like I, I saw Avatar and I told you how terrible it was this, the second one, and mm -hmm. it's like okay, cinematically, was it cool? Sure, yeah. for like thirty minutes, and then you're like okay, but the, the story sucks and the delivery is awful. Then you're bored. You're sitting there for three and a half hours and you're bored. Yeah. I much yeah. prefer. I I have never laughed louder than a Jackass three. In the movies, all the jack. I didn't because it was a 3D. It was like the first 3D one they did. Too. Oh no! I've never laughed and been more disgusted in my life yep. at a movie Jack ever. Jackass one broke me. I died laughing at that movie. Yeah, man. that movie like, broke so me. That was sometimes a great I prefer movie. like I know what I'm getting and I don't have to yeah. go there and figure out if it's going to be a good movie. Sometimes the silly and stupidness of it all is all you need. Just to turn the yeah. brain off for 90 minutes and 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 sit back and don't do so, anything. Go see Cocaine Bear. Don't see Ant Man. You, I went to see Ant Man, anticipating, excited, waiting to like be wild, and I wasn't. I was floored with how terrible it was. Shout Come out on, to Jonathan Majors; he was great. It'll never stop. But Marvel probably could have stopped making movies after Endgame. But it's it's been a windy road ever since. You know, some yeah, good, man. some bad. But they were like Marvel. If for those that don't watch the Marvel movies, this this studio. Put out banger after banger after banger after banger for about legit seven 10 years. straight movies. About yeah, seven like, straight movies. Like, yeah. Like they just didn't miss. And now mm -hmm. that they've had like a few mediocre ones, it, right. it's very noticeable because they didn't have even that. You know, they just had nothing right. but hits. So, right. you know, they, they went from hitting 350 to hitting 275, which is respectable and good. But right. we are expecting, you know, three. Now they in Grisham territory. They're getting in Grisham right. territory now. Right. Right. So, so Brown saw Cocaine Bear, and we all know what Jason was doing this weekend. And I've heard some people, some great friends, have made their way to the comedy store in La Jolla. Jay, how was your weekend? It was great, man. It was a lot of fun. Steve Ran is easy. So funny. Um, a headliner. A great guy. We had a blast. Uh, yeah, the shows were packed. I mean, he sold out up all of them. Up, you know, eventually Sunday night shows sold out, but the first two nights were basically sold out the morning of the show uh of the friday show so but yeah a lot of fun man i mean i always have a great time down there and uh being part of that show with his crowd uh, you know and his following um and man he was just on fire watching him i haven't seen him since pre-pandemic he moved to new york mm -hmm. city eventually with his family but man he was on fire always interesting to see 
like I don't know if Steve Renazizi started off as a stand-up comedian yes. and then got acting roles. No, he started. Okay. He was yeah, he was he was okay. doing stand-up. He had chops way before the league and any success mm-hmm. before as acting. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, I watch shows. And yeah. then, like on TikTok, I'll see dudes that are like, oh, they do stand up, but probably they did stand up before they got shows. That makes yeah. more sense, right? But well, more guys are doing it the other way, the way you're saying it, it, it. That is a new breed of, yeah, you know, when something doesn't, you know, when something ends or whatever, you know, Jeremy Piven's a good example. There are, you know, Michael Rappaport, there's people that have gone, okay, let me go to yeah. stand up which I've never done, but you know, people will pay to see me and I can go into these cities and uh, you know, and so that Brown, did you get stuff. a scouting report from Jason's weekend? I heard. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine saw the mm-hmm. Saturday show, which one? And First she liked it. First or second. Oh, ooh, the, the one that started at nine. nine oh, okay. So the second nine. show, second show. Yeah. She had a good time. She said it was good. She said it was good. She, uh, they invited me. But oh really? Like, okay. What what happened? No, I, I I'm not doing that. Yeah, that I, I, wanna... I felt like that was a good good show. The nine thirty for sure. Yeah, the Friday yeah, night. She enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, good. The Friday Cause, night. Because I... she's she's heard the show. She obviously she's a friend and she's my friend, so uh-huh. she knows about the show. She saw she's she's seen us on air. Okay, and so right, she's right. she didn't she didn't know you were performing there. Ah, okay. So I started getting she's I started getting text messages. She said, "I think Jason's here." And I said, can you see him on the stage? Yeah. And she said, that is him. I said, all right, just stop texting <laughs> <Yeah>. me, weirdo. <laughs> I think Jason's here. Uh, is is yeah. Jason currently yeah. with a microphone on stage? That would be a good right. indicator whether if he's there yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah. especially when yeah. they and said they his name when, he, the when, they brought him, yeah. when they brought him up and everything. Yeah. yeah. I even I even in my opening uh, credits, which everybody was great at, the, all the all the uh, MCs, when I, I said, you know, you may, you know, uh, it'll be headlining here May 24th. You may you may hear him on you know 1090 Sports Talk Radio in town, and then uh, um, so I even had that. That was even my yeah. intro. And then I wonder what gave it away. I wonder what gave it away that you were there, Jason. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I think Jason's here. That's funny. <laughs> Can yeah. you see him? What what yeah, yeah. What's the third? What gave him away? The third clue. Yeah. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, one other thing that uh, before we get into the Manny Machado Padres extension talk Ooh. that's probably going to dominate this talk show today. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it very interesting, very, very interesting, incredibly interesting that yesterday, last week, excuse me, Jason, we had a conversation about mustaches and how what Peter Seidler's rocking a mustache right now. And our on our merch shop, we got the sustainable shirt that did well this weekend because of what happened yesterday. And he's got this cowboy mustache, you know, all the way across the upper lip. Right. And Browner said mustaches are stupid while Ooh, sporting yeah. a mustache. Yeah. That's he had right. a mustache last week. And I find Still it after it. him saying mustaches are stupid <laughs> that all of a sudden there's no mustache on John Browner. Uh oh. It is there. It's there. There's nothing there, my it. friend. There is nothing there. You shaved that after you shaved. Did well, you I told shave? you, I told you I don't like it. I told you I don't like it. So therefore, whenever it gets noticeable, I just zoop, get rid of it. It's not a, it's not a thing. I'm, it's not a statement. I don't think it's like, oh, it makes my face do X, Y, Z. It's just, you, it, it's just. You don't think you know, that you got caught up by saying something stupid and not even realizing that you had it yourself, and then you got caught up and you're like, you know, what? I should shave this thing because I said they're stupid. 
No, 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 no. I always <laughs> like you think forgot you had a mustache when you said no, mustache. I can, I can see stupid. myself it on felt, the screen. It felt like you forgot you had a mustache. No, because I, I did in the <laughs> moment when, yeah, because you said you have one. Yeah, that's this one's dumb too. Man, right. hoodies are shaved. He's about to say, man, hoodies are stupid, dude. Anybody wears a hoodie's a fucking. Anybody buys the Air, the AirPod Maxes are dumb. <laughs> you know, like, and then you're like, wait, wait what are you I'm doing with that money? Yeah. They're just headphones. Yeah. Well, anyway. Glorious, by the way. They're glorious. Go get some. This is my transition into what happened yesterday. I wake up to the news from angry Dodger fans yesterday, at least on my end. It was, I believe, like 7 30 in the morning when the news broke. I wake up and my phone is just buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. So I finally get up. It's like 8 a.m. And it's upset Dodger fans that met, that the Padres have basically found oil money, however, we, whatever you want to say, you know, like they have found a bottomless well of money and they have now signed after missing his deadline on February 16th. They oh, have no. now extended Manny Machado to an 11 year $350 million extension, bringing his grand total here in San Diego to 15 years, $470 million. There are bonuses there included that I believe puts him over $500 million in those 15 years. Manny Machado, deadline be damned, is going to be a Padre for a very, 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 very long time. Thoughts, dudes, on what the Padres have done I guess not only with Machado, but now we can bring this up. The Padres have now committed a lot of money to a lot of players. Mm -hmm. These are the players, six players that are locked in for the next, at least the next five years. Robert Suarez, five years, 46 million. Joe Musgrove, five years, 100 million. Hugh Darvish, six years, 108 million. Xander Bogarts, 11 years, 280 million dollars. Manny Machado now, 11 years, 350 million. And of course, you know, Tatis has the 14 year, $340 million. That is your core going forward. This is your core. These are the guys you must, must win a World Series with. You absolutely have to win a World Series within the next five years because that's a lot of money that you just handed out. That's my thought. I look at that and I go, congratulations. I, I again, I've been I've had the back of this ownership. I've had the back of this front office for a while now. I think that this is the best possible outcome in so many ways, not just for the Padres, but for baseball, because now, again, I want the sport to grow. I because again, the first the first time a lot of us have been to a sporting event, it's been a baseball game. There's a ton of them. The tickets are very accessible. And oftentimes on the right day, they'd be very cheap. So you can take a large family. Poor people can go to him. Etc. Etc. These are oftentimes your first interaction with live professional sports. This is something that now no owner has an excuse as to why they can't sign guys. Period. End of story. I thought that the Padres paying Manny Machado, who deserved that money, I thought that this was a very classy move. They didn't try to play any games with them. The, the thing about the low ball offer, I think they just did that because that's what they had to do at that time. And after that, they gave him the offer that he was going to get anyway, period. So I thought yeah. it was a class move by the organization. I thought it was smart on their behalf. And I think it's smart on his behalf to have, you know, called the negotiations back on 
to take the deal. I thought it was very smart on both, but both parties, man. Manny's a staple in that locker room. He's now become a staple in this organization, and it and it was very good to know that he'll still be around. I think those those reports that he wanted forty million dollars a year were total blasphemous. I told you guys from the beginning, this guy wants the same money. He just wants more years. That's mm-hmm. all the dude wanted. He wanted the thirty to thirty-two million. To what he was getting, just lock him up. That's all he wanted. Like I don't think that you have a foot to stand on when Nolan Arenado's making thirty-two million. That you're gonna go and be like, I want forty. Like, I just don't think that's – I don't think Machado is that much better yeah. than Nolan Arenado. That's $8 million per year. I, I thought those reports were way off base, and obviously they proved to be accurate because now he's making – what's it going to be? $31.8 million per year right. for the next 11 years, Jason. I have, a big, I have a big question about, you know, locking guys up till they're 42. None of them have worked yet. Robinson Cano, Albert Pujols, none of those have worked. But if you win a World Series – then it's worth it. If you win a World Series and those are the guys that are riding off into the sunset of their careers with ring or rings that everybody remembers and there's banners flying out there in Petco because of them, that will be money well spent and that ride off into the sunset of when that contract's finally up and the future is being prepared for if there's a you know, landslide down there at, at, their, at the ages of 38, 39, 44 between these guys. So be it. But this is this is a this team bet has to start shaking the tree of the World Series real quick here. Right. Where they got into the NLCS last year. They've got to be in a game seven of the NLCS and or already in that World Series before game seven of the NLCS and really be at least this year, shaking that tree to, you know, try to bring a World Series home with what you just showed. But I love the contract. I thought it would take maybe 375 over 10. I thought at least he might want that kind of compensation. Like 37. And he get, you get it under that for the extra year. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, it's a great contract with the other contracts that you have. Tatis is still going to be on the younger side of those guys as they age out. Darvish will be long gone by then. Maybe Musgrove re-signs and shows he's a long-term arm um, uh, for longer as that as these contracts get later. But, hey, they got a, a great manager. They've got a formidable clubhouse. And this yeah. is the year they got to be in there shaking that tree, whether it's a World Series win or something close to it to feel good about going, man, Oh, man. I think what's really exciting if you're a Padres fan and in San Diego specifically is that, you know, for at least the next two years, you can throw Soto in there as well. And the the next two years, it's championship or bust in this city. And that's something that I don't think has ever been the case. It's literally championship or bust for this city for the next two seasons, at least for the next two seasons. Obviously, the goal is to be a perennial winner. But Right now, the way your roster looks at this moment, I know it's spring training. I tuned in yesterday. They scored 18 runs yesterday. When when you literally are facing Bogarts, Soto, Machado, like, and your and Tatis is going to play tomorrow, Browner. I know you were really upset about it, but like when you're going through that lineup and Nelson Cruz and Kim and Cronenworth and Grisham yeah. hit a three-run home run yesterday. Yeah. If Grisham do, if Grisham hits 230 again. This might oh be boy. the most unstoppable lineup ever. Oh boy! Because is he it? is the biggest weakness offensively, or just because of last year, he hit mm-hmm. 180. 
So mm-hmm. when I was watching that, listen, I'm not taking yeah. the results away, but some, when you hey, look man, at that lineup, <laughs> right? So we will jump into that. This is what we will talk about today. Plenty to get to with the Padres. Uh, and yes, Fernando Tatis is officially going to play tomorrow. He will make his spring training debut. Also, big, big, big win on Saturday for my San Diego State Aztecs. They now claim a share, at least, of the Mountain West Championship. They take on Boise tomorrow. They win that game. They officially are solo champions. What an incredible game that was. We will talk about the, I guess I'll let these two guys go off on the Lakers. I didn't watch yesterday. I'm still on that, but very exciting win for them. And much, much more. We are brought to you by the 7 Mile Casino, 7milecasino.com, just minutes away from downtown San Diego. More on Manny Machado. We will hear from him, Bob Melvin, and talk about Tatis making his debut next. Great friends. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kaplan and crew with just the crew today. Alex Padilla, John Browner, and Jason Lawhead in with you guys for today on Monday. Very cold, cold, cold Monday. Scott will be back tomorrow. Back to normal tomorrow. We are brought to you by Penske San Diego. PenskeSanDiego.com. Go check them out. That's where I bought my car. PenskeSanDiego.com. It's a new way of buying cars, in my opinion, because they have their entire inventory online. You can see exactly what cars they have on the lot right now at all of their Penske locations a lot of brands a lot of options i was on there i picked two cars told the gm at penske acura of escondido had both cars pull up at the front check them out bounce with one super happy penske san diego.com fellas we were talking about the uh, manny machado extension and what that means for I, i i think for me the big story is expectations were already sky high in the city and now that you do this contract and you know that he's not going anywhere, you know, because going into the season, Browner, you were you were asking, I think, the right question is, how does Manny play with this opt out looming over his head for an entire year? I think a valid question. I don't think I was too concerned about it, but you do never know if there are negotiations happening all year long, if uh, he's distracted by, a nego- you know, whatever it is. But now that's out the window. And I think what's great about it is that not only is he here for this year, but he's here for the next decade plus. And now you really don't have to worry about your core guys for a solid two years. Obviously, I think everybody is, you know, money hungry right now. And yeah. they probably want Soto to be extended today. Now, like now I think Padre fans are like eyeing Soto. Like, hey, let's sign this guy too. I think you can, I don't think he's going to sign anything. No, he, he, nor, he's, nor should he, by the way. No. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't think the Padres should sign him right now. I mean, what is the hurry you have him for two more years? There's no opt-outs there. He have him under control for two years. You don't really know what's going to happen with Otani. I think that you 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 just got to leave that door open. If they really, truly are legitimately going to be in the Otani sweepstakes, then you can't give Soto whatever the heck he wants right now. I think there's no hurry. I think that you have this core, this group that I put up on the uh, on the screen of all these players that are locked in for at least five years. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a, this is a championship type core. And See, I, I, I think you gotta, I think now I think they're going to lock up the closer at some point. And I think they're I think they're out of the old tiny thing. I, I don't think, think that I think this took them out of it. I don't think haters here for the long Yeah, I was, I, I think, think at least this year he's going to be judged this year. If before hey, they, before I think they would they give gave, him anything long term, it's they gave yeah. Robert Suarez a five year deal yeah. with opt outs and all that stuff. But I think that Robert Suarez is probably your closer in the future here. I'm telling you right it's, now, it's true with that contract. The, the guy closing today, 
will be closing at the end of the season at a high, high level. He was mm-hmm. lights out last year. Robert Suarez was at, good. In the postseason. At the, well, I mean, yeah, because they couldn't. He struggled I mean, when he first got here. When yeah. you when, – well, yeah, obviously. He did, no doubt. When he, <laughs> when he found the rhythm, because that was the problem when he got here. They said he had lost his mojo in Milwaukee. That's why he became available. So mm-hmm. when he found his mojo, unhittable. From a closer's yeah. perspective, that's what you need. You, Robert Suarez proved to be able to do the job in the innings in which they put him in. Keep yeah. people where they I think for at. me personally, Browner, I think for me personally, I'm done talking contracts. I want to talk about the baseball now because that's what really – I think that – I think, listen, a lot of talk here has been about contracts with Tatis' contract and Machado's opt-out with Soto's and extending Musgrove last year was a big thing and blah. Like, I think that the Padres are going to – take a break on handing out $300 million right now. I genuinely don't think that's coming to anybody anytime soon. And then we'll see what happens. Now I think we just switch our attention to baseball because now you could just really focus on these guys are here. Let's go win. You know, we talked about this last week. The Dodgers are still favorites to win the National League pennant. You got a big mound to, to climb. I know you beat them in the postseason, and that matters more than winning the, the NL West. But now it's baseball. And what I saw this weekend, I tuned in on Friday for the first game. Pitch clock is ridiculously, ridiculously um, awesome. Is the it, word you're looking for? It's awesome. No, no. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, it. Sure, but it's so distracting. It's so huge, right there on the screen. Like they got to move it. It is massive, massive. And I think I did read that during the regular season, it won't be on our televisions. But this is going to be a big ass headache for the at least all of spring. We'll see what happens. In, like they're calling it. To the T right. Did you see what happened in this Boston Atlanta game? Listen, in the spring trip. But they don't show what how the hitter gets called for it. Like, what did he do? Did he so still the, the box? The batter, no, the batter has to be in the box with before eight seconds on the pitch clock. And if the batter and Manny Machado was the first one ever to get called for oh, that, he did not get in the box on Friday. So if you're not in the box with eight seconds on the pitcher's clock and the pitcher's ready to go, then they will call a strike on you without a pitch. Gotcha. So Manny Machado, that happened to him in his first at-bat on Friday. And uh, did I have a video of him talking about that? Dude. I don't. But he uh, he was like this. I, he, he said, jokingly, he said, I might be 0-1 a lot this year. So I think that's going to be a big adjustment. I, I might think be 0-1. What happened, in, what happened in this Boston-Atlanta game, if this happens awesome. during a regular season game, awesome. people are going to freak. So what? Out. So what? Freak people people out. freak out. Let me go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, ahead. let me to explain if people because I'm sure people missed it. Why would you know who's watching an Atlanta Boston spring training game here in San Diego? So it was bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, three two count. Atlanta is hitting. The batter did not get in the box with eight seconds to go. The pitcher was ready. They literally called a strike, and the game was over. Strike three, right. Strike three. Could have run them up easily. Uh Uh-oh. And now one. They have called strike three. Wow. (laughs) Wow. The game's over. And that's a walk-off strikeout without a pitch. Look, man, I love it. People hate new rules. They hate changes. Speed the game up. I like 
I like the quickness of the game. My, one of my favorite pitchers is Mark Burley. Throw me the ball. Let's get busy. Let's do this. And you need more of that, man. These guys taking too long to get in. These guys taking too long to pitch. This is good for baseball, man. The game needs more action. It needs more action. I love the fact that the shift is gone. We're going to have more hits. And now we're going to have more action. I'm an action guy. Entertain me. I don't want to sit around for a whole minute in between pitches, bro. I don't want to do that. Um, so yesterday, the Padres scored 18 runs in a spring training game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the game was still only three hours and three minutes. With scoring 18 runs. It's unheard of. Unheard of. The games are going to go away quick. Uh, concessions are going to be at an all-time low because the games are flying by. Um, I'm going to have to get to my beer stand before the seventh inning way faster than I normally do. So, uh, listen, Brent, I'm not fighting you. I like it, but I just think it's going to be a major, major discussion, argument, talking point for the first good part of the season. I also bring this up, too. There's a lot of players going to the World Baseball Classic. The World Baseball Classic does not have these rules. So an entire spring of guys not playing by these rules coming back and then playing by those rules, it's going to be an adjustment period. And someone's going to lose a game in a very, very much way like that, and people are going to freak out. It's going to be crazy. But I like how fast the game went. I do like that. If you come back to the game, you don't know the rules, that's your fault. Nobody told you to go to World Baseball Classic. You chose to do that. You did. That's on you. So when you come back to this one, and the, you got to be aware of the rules. It's just like FIBA. When guys go play in, a, in, in, in FIBA, the rules are different. They adjust to those rules. You come back to the NBA, these are the rules. Eat it. Like, this is, this is better for your game. It'll keep people's eyes on the game. And with this, you'll probably have a couple games in like this, which will also be awesome to watch guys flip out knowing that they know the rule. It's awesome until it happens to your team. Jason, have you watched any spring training yet? Have you seen the flow I, I of these really, games? I haven't really, other than some clips. Yeah. Like, I did see that clip and, you know, obviously some things. So, I don't know I'm where I'm at with the pitch clock. I like the idea of speeding the game up. I, I don't know where I'm at with the pitch clock. Um, I don't know how I would feel about that if I was an umpire, just personally. Um, I don't know. And, you know, like to enforce it, hey, you're not in the box by eight, like to enforce that right there and to end the game and to call a guy out on strike three. I mean, I guess the good news is that maybe there'll be some more good fights at home plate like there hasn't been in a while. Some good old, you know, arguments chest to chest with the umpires and, and that kind of a thing, <laughs> pulling players off of them. That'll kind of fun. I guess that'll at least something modern might bring some some yesteryear back <laughs> with that, you know, yeah. um, but. I, I do find it pretty. I don't know if I, I mean, like it. You could tell. I don't know. You could I tell like umpires it. have been instructed to be strict on it. You could tell. Yes, umpires and have that's told. Of course. Yeah. Because they're trying to, you know, nail it into uh, people's uh, brains that this uh, is the way it's going to be. The players course. need to get adjusted to it now. Pitchers need to get adjusted to it now. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I really genuinely don't. Right. But I am concerned that this is going to cause every now and then, you but know, I, starting account on one. Like that's gonna mess with people's numbers. That's people, players are not gonna be happy about. There's gonna there's gonna be a lot of rumblings about this. I I think it's good to really be strict about it in spring training. And maybe a memo went out to say, hey, look, guys, we're gonna enforce this really really hard in spring training. We're coming out of the gate with it hard. So in spring training, prepare for um, the enforcement. And hopefully that's the thing that pushes players to actually take the onus on them 
and to start just playing faster as a habit. And maybe that grows as an instinct over time. And maybe over time, the pitch clock, guys can start using their judgment a little bit like, hey, this game's moving. Guys are basically respecting it. I'm not going on this one here. It's a big at-bat. Yeah, he just stepped in at seven. But think you know maybe it's blind to the viewer and it can just be on the ump's call because i don't know man i don't know if you can be like right down to the knife every single time every right. day for the next 162 days every every year for the next so many years like that i just don't see the benefit of that being consistently good for the long term I just think it's really interesting to implement a clock to a game that never has ever used a clock. Right. You know, I think in NBA, exactly. they live and die by the clock. In football, right. they live and die by the clock. They have a play clock. And Gary and Sheffield a made a good clock. point. He, I don't know if you saw <laughs> and, Gary Sheffield's quote where he said, they asked a bunch of people that don't watch baseball, what would make baseball more exciting to you? And they said, well, if the game went faster, he goes, so they changed the rules for a bunch of people that are never going to watch baseball, no matter what the rule changes. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I think that, I think that the people complaining about length of baseball are not sitting down and watching a hundred games or 162 or even 50. So it is what it is. I think the game personally, because you do have so many games, my opinion. Yeah. They like a three and a half hour game every night. That's too much. Um, but to implement a clock on a timeless game, it changes the whole essence of the game. So it's going to be a very interesting watch because as much as I hated a pitcher for the Rockies taking one minute to pitch every single pitch that, I mean, there was, that's the essence of baseball. You know, like the, the uniqueness of baseball is delivery. The uniqueness of baseball is Nomar Garcia Para. The, the uniqueness of baseball is a pitcher playing mind games with a batter. And now all that stuff's going to get eliminated because everybody's on 15 second clock every single pitch. Exactly. It just changes and, uh, the game no, completely. No. And when you're at a game, you can say this. I, I don't care. I don't care if it, if it ruins the TV ratings. When you're at a game as a baseball fan and when you're watching October baseball, whether your team's in it or not, or you're just intently into a great series with good teams, big names, and you're loving October baseball, you don't care how long the game is. You don't care about how much time between the rub of the ball, the guy, him stepping in, stepping out. You're watching those pitches intently when you're there. And then so yeah. because the games might take too long on a Tuesday night when you're watching the Nationals and the and the Padres and you're hoping, gosh, I wish this game would end already. Yeah, another pitching change, another commercial. I just don't think it's worth that slice of the cheese, man, to bring this rule <laughs> in just because, yeah. oh, the TV game that we you watch 30 times a year, 40 times a year, you go to some of the games, some – I don't know, man. I just don't like it. Dude, those red, those old school Sunday night baseball games when it was Yankees, Red Sox, and they would last four and a half, five hours because they would put in a lefty pitcher to face a lefty batter and something, then a righty pitch. Like those days are gone already because of the rule, right? But I agree with you, Jason. I think that I care about a time of game on a Tuesday night in July, and it's exactly. ten thirty, and it's the eighth inning. You're like, dude, I. But yeah, in October, nobody cares. By and the when you're there, you, nobody cares. By, by the time you get to October, and even when you are there. After a month, you won't even notice the difference because once the players adjust, the, the, the watcher will adjust. You won't even notice the difference until the rule is violated. I'm telling you, it's just like that with anything else. In any rule change, 
if it is not like pass interference or some of the catch if it's not a catch once it's once it's in there and it's done like the uh roughing the passer perfect example once right. it's in there you just adjust as it goes and the, and the watch you see you hate it a lot of these NFL that are that roughing the passer people hate they hate it. It's a terrible rule change. But you adjust and <laughs> well, you keep it moving. It's also getting changed because now I think they're going to make those reviewable going into next year. By the way, the competition. That's just all I'm make saying is this. Brown, everything. All I'm worse. saying is this. I I I I consider myself not a casual baseball fan. I watch a lot of baseball. I go to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I am fascinated that baseball has literally changed. And what I mean by essence is, you have changed the entire game. Mm-hmm. You have changed your entire game. I'm putting a pitch clock, and I'm curious to see what it will look like when we're playing real games at the end of Dude, the next month. That's all. People, I'm saying. people hated putting a runner on second base. Turned out to be great. Turned out to be exciting. Uh, it, who doesn't like it? Who doesn't like it? Find Josh me Hader. I don't really like it. People closers. Yeah, I liked it because I don't need to watch 18 innings of one one. You know, I don't. But but like I said, I I am in the middle of this. I I do like the changes. I'm just curious to see like what's it really going to look like when we're started playing real games. It's one thing to do things in spring training. It's some things to do things at AAA to like to figure stuff True. out. But now when you're when you're talking about a thirty million dollar player in Manny Machado and a forty million dollar player in Justin Verlander, and now they're squaring off, it's not the same anymore because Verlander's got to go in fifteen seconds. And How Machado's do you know we haven't seen in eight it? Seconds. You don't know. You haven't seen it yet. I, I I'm telling you, I watched this weekend. It's a completely different game. But this is spring training, so like when it matters, Browner, watch a game this weekend. Just do me a favor, watch a game today, and tell me that baseball is not completely different. I'm not telling you I don't like it. I'm just telling you it's completely different. It feels um, different. It feels rushed. It feels not as obviously not what it used to be. Like I'm just telling you, watch it, and you you tell me what you think. Genuinely watch it and tell me what you think. I'm not watching until Tatis plays. So Tatis plays great- tomorrow. That's where we're going next. Fernando Tatis. Fernando Tatis will be DHing tomorrow against the Giants. He will make his debut. And now, Brown, are we relaxed now? Are we still mad? We'll are see. we still what's going on? Because Fernando Tatis has been arguing with Bob Melvin about letting him play. This is in the UT today. Quote from Tatis: "I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm just checking boxes from the manager and from the team, but I'm definitely ready to be out there." It was a pretty good argument, but I mean, everybody's trying to do what is best for me. And obviously, I need to listen to my team and see the people ahead of me and see what's the best plan for everybody. Fernando Tatis, today in a backyard game against Michael Waka, hit a double and a home run hmm. against Michael Waka today. So there you go, Brown. Are we wait, wait, are we okay? Wait, 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 wait. So the Waka signing wasn't good, huh? The Waka sucks. The <laughs> <laughs> so Waka sucks. That's yeah, no, that's how you like when you got a contending team now. That's like the the, the oh great, not Waka. What a terrible yeah. signing that was. So you're telling me he hasn't practiced sliding back to first base? Because wasn't that the reason why he didn't play in the spring training game? Because it's a work on sliding back to first base or sliding in a second base. I we know he can hit. Well, that's not, that wasn't what Bob Millman told me why he wasn't playing. Told me he wasn't ready because they had to see him slide in the first. So don't give me statistics. I don't care. I don't care. I was told he wasn't playing because he couldn't slide in the damn first base. Right, Bob? That was one of the reasons. Again, one of the reasons. Again. Again. Don't tell me no stats of what he did against Michael Walker in the backyard somewhere, okay? Tell me, <laughs> is he sliding back to first? 
Is he progressing in the way that they want to see him progress? Well, we'll see tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow. If he gets on base, we'll see if he slides back to first. No, we'll see they... if he only we'll see if he slides feet first into second if he steals a base with these new big bags that everybody's talking about. I was told by Bob that they were working on these things. He don't need to be in a game. Maybe to they do are. This. Maybe they have worked on them extensively over the weekend, Browner. And maybe now they're like, oh yeah, he's good to go. Right. As okay. a DH, not in the outfield yet. As a All DH. Right. Good for him. Oh, by the way, I put a poll up on our Kaplan and Crew weekly newsletter, and I asked the great friends, is Fernando Tatis Jr. not playing in the first spring training games a big deal? 88% of people said no. It's not a big yeah. deal. Okay. 88% of great friends, Browner. Shout out to my 12%. We yeah. out here. So there you go. We the minority. They don't make us wrong. I'm very excited to see Fernando Tatis in a Padres uniform in a batter's box tomorrow. I'm very excited. I want to drive to Arizona. I want to see it in person. It's been a long time. I was just thinking that the other day. I was like, man, I would love to go to like Arizona for a few days and watch some baseball, play a round of golf, maybe. God, I was just thinking that. I was uh uh we got like a few seconds here. I was very upset when I my first spring training trip ever. I thought it would be cheaper than a regular baseball game. <laughs> Yeah. beers are still yeah. $13 uh, you know oh, hot yeah, dogs right. are still $8 so sure uh we'll we'll get more into this Padre stuff Tatis is back tomorrow everybody get excited Machado is here for the next 11 years everybody get excited also something I'm excited for San Diego State winning the Mountain West on Saturday on a buzzer beater incredible game against New Mexico we'll talk about that it's the seven mile casino studios Kaplan and crew Kaplan and crew Welcome back, everybody. Kaplan and crew, great friends. Just the crew today. Myself, Alex Padilla, John Browner, and Jason Lawhead in today. Scott, back tomorrow. Uh, Jason, always appreciate you filling in for him. Uh, before the break, we're talking about the return of Fernando Tatis. He is going to play tomorrow in Peoria against the Giants. He will serve as the Padres DH for tomorrow for his first spring game, the debut for his 2023 season. Of course, he can't play in the regular season until April 20th. So still, you know, about two months away before we see him play in a real game. Uh, today, I believe, is Hassan Kim's last day before he meets up with Team Korea for the World Baseball Classic. So some players will start, will start taking off here to join their countries for the World Baseball Classic. My pick to win it all is the Dominican Republic. That team is stacked, but that's just me. Uh, you guys, we did not air this. Uh, the big news of the weekend. Manny Machado signing an 11-year, $350 million extension. Um, just great news all around if you are a Padre fan. Something I found really interesting was Bob Melvin, who after the deal was signed, he didn't say this before the deal was signed, but after the deal was signed, was interviewed by MLB Network and talked about how important of a piece of the puzzle Manny Machado is to this team. To the team, but, but me personally. So I came in you know, new last year too, and there are certain veteran guys that you need to lead on you know that leadership guys whether you need to take some other things to players whether you need to you know pick the brain over things and manny's been that guy for me so i think you know watching his career from a, from the other side from where he started to where he is right now it, it's a it's a major change and, and a credit to him and in understanding where he is as a player and you know what he means to this to the city of san diego and what he means to the clubhouse so uh, he's about as important to, you know, part of this thing for me as anybody here. How do you guys think this worked out? Because the, the reported extension was a five-year, was $105 million that they first offered him for his 
make-believe deadline of February 16th. And then Peter Seidler coming out and saying, my priority is Manny. Peter Seidler coming out saying, we our goal is to sign Manny to the long term. Do you guys think it played out the way it was reported where they lowballed him and then and then Peter Seidler like, you know what, just give him what he wants? Or like how do you think or do you think this was just a negotiation publicly and there was a lot of dealings back and forth behind the house? I'm getting a sense that maybe AJ Preller wasn't on board of giving Manny Machado a contract till he was 41, 42 years old. And AJ and he got overrun by Peter Seidler, who was like, No, you're going to sign him and he's going to be here for the rest of his career. I'm getting that kind of vibe. I think that they gave him an offer because they were supposed to give him a offer at that point. Obviously, in the negotiation, you don't give a person the moon on the first offer. I think Preller was doing earning his paycheck. I think Manny's agent was earning his. And at one point, the person who actually cut the checks came down and said, hey, hey, what's the problem? Meet him halfway. Mm -hmm. Give him a little more. Whatever. Who cares? Just do it. Done. Done. Like, you don't. You do not want to fiddle with success and rhythm. This team, led by Manny Machado, has a good success rate right now and a good rhythm to it. You don't want to throw a monkey wrench in that over money when you're giving out money like you don't even know it's gone. So what's it to, what's it to yeah. them at this point? I think the way it all went down and the speed of it all and the numbers and the contract, I would think that probably even before the opt out, they had a, they had a discussion that said, Hey, look, you know, I feel like this, this deal really shows that Manny wants to be a Padre. Um, and then the, that, the, the Padres and Siler were kind of responding to that and, and then saying, look, uh, what'll it, take as far as annually and i think they got a heck of a deal for a guy that wants to be a padre as productive as he's been he's 30 he's got still got years of production left he's still got years of production left in my opinion i think it's a great contract and i think it had to be i've talked about before the opt-out to say let's go in this direction and whatever reports were reports were if that was just erroneous or if that was just I just feel like the speed and the effectiveness to this deal from the time he opted out is just too, too like agreeable. I just think that here's the way I look at it. And from my dumb brains perspective, this is the way I, I kind of see it. Yeah. He could have opted out, but really he didn't have to opt out. So remaining after this, after, well, including this year was six years, $180 million remaining on his contract. That's what was remaining on right. his current deal. So the way I look at it is there's a ton of bonuses well, in this deal. Though. Right. And there's a ton of bonuses in this deal. What they just gave him was five years, 170 million extension with a bunch of bonuses that probably mm -hmm. puts his grand total over $500 million from all reports. Manny Machado signed the way I look at it. And I, people could think I'm dumb because my brain is dumb with numbers. It's $34 million a year for an extra five years on top of the six I already got. I think, Jason, my point bringing that up is I think you're right. I just think it was like a completely agreeable number. It wasn't an yeah. exuberant amount of a raise and it wasn't a super, super low offer. It was kind of right where we right. thought it was going to be. It was right, right there. A grand total. If you, if obviously they ripped up the old deal, they gave him 11 for 350, $31.8 million for Manny Machado. Uh, I think most teams, if not, well, not most teams, any team that's actually spending money would give that money to Manny Machado. Yeah, and correct, of course, correct. 
And I think that's something that I talked about last week is you don't even let him get there because when you yeah. start getting in bidding wars, you don't right now, you might've got a little discount because you're just, you're the only team able to negotiate with him right now. So you might've got a little discount. I think you did. And even if you didn't, you got a guy that obviously has showed he wants to be a Padre. I mean, this was the opt out was to let's elongate this. Let me stay here for, I mean, so I think, you know, you get that, you get the leader, the guy that changed the culture, you know, um, you, you know, Tatis is, is locked up. Bogarts is locked up. Get the guy that really changed the culture to be locked up. And then maybe the Sotos will follow suit and other things will come, you know, of it in the future with future signings and dealings in the next four to five to six years, you know, over the course of some of these pitchers contracts. And I think what's really interesting too, on top of that, what you just said, like other guys see what you're doing and they'll want to come here. I don't think it's, I don't know how much more they, because they're at the moment, they've already crossed that third luxury tax threshold. Mm -hmm. Like obviously they don't count until at the end of the year. So they might maneuver their way under it. But what I think the way I look at it is there's a reason why Matt Carpenter is here. There's a reason Mm -hmm. why Nelson Cruz is here. Why Michael Walker is here. And it's not because they got fat, fat signing you know, bonuses and contracts is because they see the way the Padres have built this roster. One of the most talented in all of baseball, no denying that. And the way they have treated their superstars and their legitimate chance of winning a championship in the next few years, you're going to get guys like that. Guys that yeah. maybe are towards the end of their career, veteran guys that want to be on a championship winning team, guys that will take maybe a little less to be part of your organization. The way the Padres have handed out these contracts to their core guys I think that's going to benefit them with guys like a Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, Michael Walker. I see, but I think for you to start getting guys like this, guys who are at their end of their career can still be useful, but can also help you win. Not like Robinson Cano was a guy who just, you just got to hang out in the dugout with his homeboys. Like a real guy who could contribute down the lineup a couple times a week and get you toward the goal. You got to start winning Mm -hmm. for that to become a thing where guys go, all right, I'm going to go play there for a little less money but more fun, like winning comes with that. And I think last year's example of them beating the Dodgers and, and, and kind of running into a spot with the Phillies, just a super hot team. I think guys around the league took notice of that. And mm-hmm. then they started paying guys and then guys went, okay, they're serious about this. Cause this isn't like some, okay, we paid a couple of guys a lot of money. This isn't the angels. They've won with paying guys. So obviously they have a plan. They're executing their plan. I want to be a part of that because I've been in winning locker rooms before. I've been in winning organizations before. And my conversations with some of these guys that are in there, this sounds like something I want to be a part of. And I think that is the that will be the lasting impression of what happens to this team and to this organization because it's been transformed. It's been transformed, man. Yeah. Like look look around the league. Look at when you started being a Padre fan. When I started paying attention to the Padres. This is not the same organization. It's just not. Oh, it's not. And they just handed out the fourth largest contract in all of baseball history. Ray Machado is fourth with his $350 million contract. Mike Trout, number one, $426 million. Mookie Betts, 365 Aaron nice. Judge, 360 Francisco Lindor at 341 And they Lindor beat Machado by $1 million, or else you could have had two of the top five contracts, the richest contracts in all of baseball. Manny Machado now with the fourth largest contract in baseball. 
history. This is what Manny had to say yesterday. Uh, it's not official. I guess he says to pass some sort of physical and like actually sign the thing. But he did talk about it yesterday saying, quote, they believed in me from day one. And here we are. We're excited to be here for the rest of our careers and have this hat going into the Hall of Fame. And don't get it twisted. This dude plays the way he's been playing for another four year, five years. He's oh, in. Oh, yeah. He, like there could. I don't know if there's already discussion. I mean, if Scott Rowland's in, Manny Machado's in already in my book, just from yeah. what he's already done. But yeah, I think that this this kid is, is going to be in the Hall of Fame wearing a Padres hat without a shadow of a doubt in 2050, whatever, <laughs> whatever this well, is yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, whatever this is over. So it is crazy. And that does worry me. I, I, I don't want to be that the Debbie Downer today, but that does worry me when you have guys signed to their 42, 41 years old. We saw the way it's worked out with Robinson Cano and Albert Pujols. That's my only concern. You know, they're going to be making a lot of money. But maybe in, in 2034, $30 million ain't that much. Who knows the way that these contracts hey, are blowing up. Right. There's going to be a collective bargaining agreement. And they're going to fix this. Yeah. I can Daniel, guarantee you they're going to fix yeah. this. Daniel Jones is going to make $40 million in the NFL. Like, Manny Machado's making 30. million. I'm, I'm going to live with that at 30, right. 39, 40 years old. So that's uh, very exciting stuff. For the Padres and Fernando Tatis, back in the lineup tomorrow, Browner. Back in the lineup. Are you more excited to see him? Or you're not even going to tune in because you're not watching spring training. But are you correct? So what? Okay, he's going to make his debut tomorrow to be the DH. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are, are, does is that okay with you, or do you want him playing in the outfield now too? No, listen, man. I want him. I want him playing. I want him out there. I want him playing again. He's not going to play. Once the season starts for 20-something odd games, if I'm not mistaken, he needs to play, period. You got to get him as many reps as you possibly can. If it were up to me, I was a general manager. I was the, I was the manager of this team. I would say, hey, man, listen, you're going to play every day. You ain't going to play the whole game every day, but you're going to play every day because I need your body waking up every day ready to play baseball because you're, you're not going to play for 20 days. They're going to throw you out there again and try to get you to you know play almost every day. Yeah. So I need to get you warmed up, ready to go. So I'm telling you right now, before we do anything, every day when we run out of this, when we run out of this dugout, you're running out of the dugout. Where on the field, we don't know, but you're gonna run out of the Outfield. field. You're gonna run out on the field. Yeah. Right. right. And if and, and it, again, a new a, a fairly new position. You need reps. You need live ball reps. You need to see the bat off the ball. You need to see how it acts in the wind. You need to get as many reps out there as you possibly can. If that's where they're going to stick you. I think Tatis is going to play a lot now going forward. I think that we're still a month away from the season, more than a month away from the season. So, I mean, March 30th. And then he doesn't even play on March 30th. So, you've got plenty of time. We'll figure it out. Uh, you guys are not tuning in. I don't know what you guys both said you haven't tuned in yet. I have, for some reason, I've already watched two almost full spring training games. Did you catch? Did you guys catch this on Twitter, at least? Don Orsillo and Mud Grant, they're back. They're Freaking hilarious. They're the Padres broadcasters for those that don't know. Did you guys catch their little exchange on Twitter yesterday? I did not. This is Don Orsillo roasting mud for being fat. I, I finished the year, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, morbidly would obese. You, tip, <laughs> tipping the Toledo? Is so, that what? It was 224 was my highest really? ever. So down to 200 even. Which good is good. You. Is that now you seem fatter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I stepped on the scale a month ago, 285 ish. No, 
but I said enough is enough. Oh, you did? Yeah, and I've I've dropped oh. about I've dropped about ten. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where'd it go? That's like the Titanic losing the cheese yeah. lounge. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I thought for sure you'd gain weight. <laughs> <laughs> but it's oh my gosh, it's it's tough. Mud. I thrive, baby. I thrive at MD. I That's thrive, my transition. Baby. That's my transition. I thrive MD. Go to kaplanandcrew.com. Mud, this is for you. Go to kaplanandcrew.com. You click on the I thrive. Check out I thrive lean. It's only $2.99 for the first three months. I know a big shot like you can afford that. No problem. You could be like me, Mud. Down 4 0. Not 10, 4 0. I thrive MD. Go to kaplanandcrew.com. Hit the I thrive logo. It's going to take you to the I thrive lean and go check them out. $2.99 for the first three months. Go check it out. All right. That was my transition to, to talk about iThrive for a commercial. I thought that was pretty clever by me. But anyways, did you guys watch Saturday night as San Diego State won a share of the Mountain West regular season championship? Because what a thrilling ending it was. I didn't particularly see that game. But... Go to the rim. Now you're up top. Four to go, go to the Butler. Go to the rim. Two to go. Butler has to put it up for the win. Oh! Officials will take one more look. Lamont Butler hits a three. San Diego State wow. wins the Mountain West, a share of the Mountain West regular season championship. They also today moved up four spots in the AP poll. They are now ranked number 18 in the country, and they take on Boise State tomorrow in Boise. If they win that game, they are officially the Mountain West champions, I believe, because that second place team is Boise. So San Diego State with a share of the Mountain West regular season championship likely to be the one seed at the Mountain West Tournament next week, boys. Next week, two more games left in the regular season. And then I'm on my way to Vegas to watch them take on whoever in the first round of the Mountain Are West you? Tournament. Yeah. I've never I'm been to the Mountain do- West Tournament. I've never been to any NCAA conference tournament. I've been to oh, wow. the NCAA tournament. Okay. I've never been mm-hmm. to a conference tournament in Vegas. And those are always super fun. So I'm going to go check it out first time ever. I'll be there. Thomas Mack Center, is that where they're playing? Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it was a wild game, dude. The the Aztecs were down, I believe, like 12 at halftime. They fought their way back. They had a four-point lead with 20 seconds to go. They blow it, of course, because that's what they do. Yeah. They foul the dude on a three-point shot, makes all three. They get the ball back. A terrible turnover. New Mexico runs back, hits a layup. They got six seconds left. They call a timeout. Dutcher told Butler, I need you to go to the rim. I need you to try and make a shot or get fouled. Butler's like, got it, coach. I'm going to pull up and shoot a three. And he drills it, and now San Diego State, not West regular season champs. I got to yeah. tell you, man, this is. There were probably two times in my history as a San Diegan up until this point where I thought that team had a legit chance at a title. Mm-hmm. One got killed because of COVID. Oh my god, that was un- the one that I was they were like, undefeated. They were going to be a one seed, probably. Yeah, that was that was a year I was like, yo, this. This is it in, in the landscape because I don't look at the roster or, or how they play. I look at the landscape because the tournament's full of landmines. I look at the landscape, how they're playing in the landscape. I look out at the landscape of college basketball this year. This is the year. This is another hole where they can get in the tournament and legit make noise. There are no, there are no powers. There is not a single team. Even with one guy on it, you go, if they run into that guy, they're cooked. That guy doesn't exist out there. What the Aztecs do 
right now will work. They play physical defense, they rebound, and they score in a half court. That's what you're going to have to do in the tournament. That's what they that's what they specialize in. And with no Kimball Walker out there, I know people hate to hear that name, but with no guy of that equivalent out there, right. the door is wide open, man. The door is wide open. So I love seeing them make shots like that because it shows me that they've got a guy who you could be like, hey, do help. It's also he, really interesting. It's interesting you say that too because one thing if you look at the top 25 right now, the ACC, Duke sucks. No, they don't suck, but Duke's not ranked. Yeah, they do. North Carolina's yeah, do. not making the tournament. Syracuse no. is not making the tournament. Like these no. powerhouses that have knocked San Diego State out of the tournament, by the way. Duke, Syracuse, mm-hmm. like they're just not there. The number one team Kentucky's in the country. Not good. The number one well, team in the country is Houston. Yeah. And and, and you know, the reason there's so much parity is because there's really just no elite guard play, you know, where you can look at a couple of programs, even in a season where maybe number one fluctuated here and there in the top five shuffled around, you could sit there and there was always, like you said, Duke or Carolinas and these teams that had that great legendary coach and recruiting prowess that would, that, that had these elite backcourts and you could always win in college basketball and almost no team never doesn't win the national title without really elite guard play. And that's where I think San Diego State has a lot of benefit. They have experience in the backcourt. If if there's a tournament that doesn't have some elite guard play that you're looking at and going, yeah, but these two or three teams with their backcourt, there isn't that. And so if you play above your head and you just don't try to do too much and um, you can, like you said, score in a half court, be the better backcourt that night. If you're the better backcourt that night, they got some frontline guys that can protect the rim. This is a wide they open do. I tournament. I mean, that's the, the, the you know they they have veteran guards. They have size. They can make threes most nights. There has been nights where they haven't. So I think I like college you know, basketball. But, you know, you're looking at mm-hmm. maybe a five seed, which always scares everybody, right? That five twelve, the dreaded mm-hmm. the dreaded five twelve matchup. But I think Browner. Yeah. To your point, and you know, not having those traditional powerhouses at the top, you know, right now it's Houston and Alabama, and then it's Kansas and UCLA. So it's a really interesting year. We'll see what happens tomorrow night in Boise, and um, if they win, I believe, I, I believe, if they win, they they lock up the uh, the full share of the Mountain West Championship. So we will talk next a little bit more basketball because I know these guys are really into what's happening. Dame Lillard, damn, mm. damn. The Lakers, 3-0. Last three. Clippers, not good. Talk about it all, Kaplan and crew. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kaplan and crew. Just the crew. Alex Padilla, John Browner, Jason Lawhead with you guys for today. Scott, back tomorrow and Wednesday, back to normal. We were just talking about my San Diego State Aztecs winning the Mountain West regular season championship incredibly exciting game people were all about this buzzer beater by the way my twitter blew up on saturday night it's a late game another thing that my twitter blew up with yesterday is people giving me crap that i'm not watching my lakers because there's still not a uh you know jason you know this about me what i did what i my my commitment to lakers basketball well i know you're a laker fan you do the laker will... podcast you uh you mm-hmm. get frustrated with the lakers often but i don't know what you're referring to my commitment <laughs> is that I will not watch, I will not tune in to any Laker game until they are at least the 10 seed. I will not waste my oh. time 
watching a 13, a 13 seed, a 12 seed, an 11 seed. I need them to be a 10 seed. And if they do become the 10 seed and then drop back to 11, like they have to be in the play. They have to be a 10 or above for me to watch. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Like I'm not yeah. going to waste my time. Right. right. Sure. So I do know that yesterday, like I, I, I'm still keeping up with them. I'm just not watching the game. I do know that yesterday they had a historic comeback against the Dallas Mavericks, but Browner told me the Mavericks are trash anyways. Thank I, you. What are what are they now without with with Kyrie Irving? What's their record? Or how uh, many games have they won? One, 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 one game, game with Kyrie Irving. Well, with Luca, with Luca, they've won three with him. But uh, with Luca, I think they're one and three together on the floor. Correct. Okay. So yesterday, the Dallas Mavericks jumped out to a massive lead. Everybody absolutely roasting the Lakers on Twitter. To a point where the Mavericks were up by 27. 27 in the first half. The Lakers make an incredible comeback and they win the game. And they were teams, excuse me, NBA teams this season were 0 and 138 when trailing by 27 plus points. The Lakers come back and win that game. Historic comeback, Browner. What are you seeing from my Lakers that I'm missing? First of all, the fact that there have been 138 teams down 27 points kind of tells you where we're at with the mm-hmm. NBA this year. That's, that's first and foremost. That's the scariest thing that jumps out at me of that stat. But I digress. What, what you're seeing from the Lakers is exactly what I told you when they made these trades. When they had they won the game before All-Star break, and then when they came back, I said, if they win the next three games, we talked about this last week, they win the next three games. I think they have something. The first one was the Warrior game, which the Warriors are terrible on the road. They spanked them. The Dallas Mavericks are not good, okay? Kyrie Irving is a great player. Luka Doncic is a great player. They can't, together with Jason Kidd as the head coach, that ain't going to work. Sorry. It is what it is. When the Lakers got down 27, I went, just keep playing hard. Vanderbilt kept playing hard. LeBron, even though he started pretending to be popped his ankle. No, he has plantar fascia or something now. Sure. So he's going to sure. miss games again. Sure. 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 Add that to the Anthony Davis was a beast. That's the AD you need. Uh, uh, um, who else? Somebody else played really, really well. And I was, I, I think it was just. Vanderbilt played well. I said, Vanderbilt, I said, like, I said locked, up, locked up Luca. Dennis Schroeder scored 16. Yesterday. That's who it was. That's who it was. The energy from Vanderbilt and Schroeder combined. Schroeder's ability to keep pushing the ball, keep pushing the ball, and Vanderbilt's energy on defense literally turned the game around. Yeah. Because Willie Beasley, whatever, for whatever reason, can't make shots anymore. Hey, there you go, Lakers. That's what happens but when you're a Laker. Everybody right. else was yeah. fan. Fantastic fighting. The Lakers have what they didn't have to start. They have fight. They have a lot of fight. I was a team. I was highly impressed on how much fight they had because the lead didn't matter. Guys kept playing hard. Nobody can make shots like they did in the first quarter all season, all game. No one, no team. The the legendary warrior teams could with KD on them. The the, the NBA now, nobody can keep making shots like that. So you just got to keep playing hard. And the Lakers did. And the Mavs didn't. By the way, Let's find this, it. Kyrie, really? this Kyrie experiment, 
What you saw from Kyrie, this is what happened when it goes bad. This is what happened when it goes bad. He pouts, he seems unattentive, and when he's on the court, he just doesn't seem to care. You've and then already, you go blow a lead that, like that at home, and he's over there kissing up to his the opponents. He's over there laughing, and I like that is what would drive me crazy if I was be like, dude, you're over there like kissy facing and like lovey dovey, and the team that just beat you, they came back on you, and you're just like, I would sit there and be like, you you talk this game like you're some like, oh, I want to go win somewhere. It's like this is this is what you show. Yeah, be like, careful with Kyrie, man. Well, they're, yeah, they're they're in trouble. They're in trouble. I mean, the Maverick, and that's the only indictment about that comeback from behind win. It's against a, a Maverick team that really is just all shiny. They're not good. That's just, they're just shiny. They're just a shiny toy. They they got Donkeys. <laughs> now they got – they are. They're 30. They're, they're smoking mirror wins. They are just a, able to squeeze out the wins that the Lakers haven't been able to do with the proper personnel, even finding this group that they have now. I, I want to see a little bit more from the Lakers. And, and AD did go out and he played a big game, but it's it's Great against game. a team that doesn't have a major player in the middle. And we'll see, like, when it comes up against these teams that, that really are kind of, you know, equipped and aren't just relying on a guy or two to just fire it up and be, you know, you know 20 for 30 from the three-point line together. Um but I mean, in theory, I could tune in Darvin Ham, and that's the biggest thing I think. It is Darvin Ham yeah. looking like he can figure this out. He can come out of the All Star break, look like a team that you know, yeah, go beat the brakes off of Golden State. You know, make a statement by not giving up and coming back and getting a big win, and um, using the guys that they've brought to brought in and and get. So for that, it's huge because they could win games, and unless the stuns are going to be unstoppable with Durant, then it's a wide open West. So the Lakers are only one game out of the 10 seed. So uh -oh. in theory, I could, I could uh -oh. watch them on Wednesday in theory, you know, cause they, play, they take on the Grizzlies tomorrow. If the Pelicans lose, maybe, maybe I'm tuning in on Wednesday to watch Look, them take on the thunder. I would say, watch them play the next game. You, whether LeBron plays or not, the energy that the team is playing with now, this is what you would want from a professional team. This team's playing like they care. And yeah. so I think you'll well, be the, pleasantly not, surprised. Lakers play back-to-back. -back. They play tomorrow in Memphis, Wednesday in Oklahoma. LeBron's not, I'm going to assume, miss both those games. That's just my assumption. Um, he was walking out with a heavy limp at the end of the game yesterday. So, Browder, I, I don't know what you want to tell you. He's 38 years old. Dude. He's going to miss games. He, he's going to miss man. one of these games regardless if he's healthy or not. He's not going to play man. in back-to-back. -back. I love LeBron James, okay? I love LeBron James. He's a great basketball player. The guy is as queen as I've ever seen a guy. <laughs> he was he was on the ground telling people, oh, I heard a pop. Oh, I heard a pop. Now, the problem uh -huh. is this is a Sunday game. There are microphones everywhere. So he right. fell out of bounds right near the microphone. And you could hear every word he was saying. Oh, I heard a pop. Oh, this is it. That's it. Ah, oh, that's it. That's it. Oh, I heard a pop. Oh, it popped. He's looking at he's right. Like doing, he's like doing the Fred Sanford having a heart attack. I'm, I'm coming. This is the big one. This is the big one. <laughs> then the guy got up. Then the guy got up, played a very mediocre, like the next two minutes. I'm like, Darvin Ham, okay, take him out. This guy, he's not going to try. And then all of a sudden, here comes the freight train. Lay up. Lay up. Assist. Assist. Lay up. Oh, what happened to the pop's foot, man? Like, come on, bro. You, you're a warrior. 
You're too good. You're too good. You man. sound like you sound like me before the All Star break when I told you this dude's not hurt. This dude's taking a freaking victory tour, partying at clubs because he broke Kareem's record, and he's gonna play the game before the All Star game because he's gonna yeah. look he's gonna look real terrible when he plays in the All Star game and he's missed the last three Laker games. I told you this is what he does. You sound like they, me now, bro. They need the audio. Somebody should get the audio of him on the ground going, "Oh, it popped. Oh, uh, that's it. It's over. This it's is over." It. This is, this is how it ends. No, not like this. Uh, no, not yeah. like this. And then freight train shows up Unreal. three plays later, man. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. Really? Really? Come on, queen. Yeah. So this ain't my highlight of the day. But last night, I I was following along on Twitter. I didn't watch. But my goodness, Damian Lillard. If anybody's going to break Kobe's 81, it's got to be Damian Lillard, right? Damian Lillard last night dropped 71 points, which was one of the most incredible things that dude, he was just making three after three after three. He, that was what the eighth most ninth most points in a basketball game in the history of the NBA 71. Will Chamberlain, David Thompson and Kobe have scored more. Dame Mitchell. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had it earlier this year yeah. too. against the bulls. It he had 71 horrible. this yeah. year. Look, man, I, I cool. Good for him. He's in the record books. I, Damon, he's on an island. I don't care, man. I don't. The guy's a good basketball player, but the fact that he just let this organization go down the drain without saying anything because he got his money tells me all I need to know about him. I like him. He's a great rapper. I really like his rapping. He's pretty, pretty good. But as a as a basketball player, as a professional, miss me with this guy. Miss me with this guy. He literally took the money and just let the team go to waste so he could get paid. So he's loyal to Portland. I get it. I really do. Whether he cares about his legacy as a basketball player, we'll find out. But as from a standpoint of, do I think that this guy should be mentioned amongst these other guys? No. Miss me with that. No. I'm good. Why is it always got to be like comparisons right away? Like, what do you mean compared? Like, I was just saying he had a really good game last night. Scored 71. He That's did. impressive. It was great against the Houston Rockets. Look at the, look at the, look at the NBA high scores this year. Look who they're all against. Look who, who is it? Look at the top look at the top 10 scoring games. Eight of them are against Houston. Donovan Mitchell 71 was against Chicago, but they got a top 7 defense I think it was. He just crushed them. But outside of that, Houston's on that list a lot this year. A lot. They're terrible. So, cool. Good for him. <laughs> so, cool. So, cool. Good for him. Hilarious. 71 points. It doesn't matter who it's against. That's still pretty true. Pretty Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I give him his credit. Yes. Yeah. But look, can at, I make look an, an admission too? I had no idea Kobe's 81 was the second most points ever in a game. Yeah. You're joking. I had no idea. Nobody, no that's clue. the only other time. No eight, clue. 80s. I thought some, I thought Wilt has scored like multiple times in the 80s and 90s. Nope. I, until last 70s. night, I had no idea that note that Kobe's 81 mm -hmm. was the second most ever in an NBA game. Yeah. Bro, he was going that night. Go. Yeah. I still look at the Toronto Raptors and go, "Why? Wow, what are y'all doing?" Yeah. And they barely won that game. Barely. Right. Right. Yeah. He keeps scoring. Yeah. Sam Mitchell, do something. Yeah. All right, guys. It is right now. Well, you guys know what time it is. It's time for the highlight of the day, man. Do you want to get high, man? I'm just really high. All right. Today and tomorrow, final. Final days for the promo code Flowers23. Flowers23 is your promo code. Spend 75 bucks at Tori in California Holistics. 
spend $75 at Tory in California Listings. You're going to get 20% off your purchase. Only for you, the great friends with promo code FLOWERS23. I already got the March promo code. I just got a text from Ruthie literally five minutes ago. Hello. So we are good to go for March. And Browner, you're going to like that promo code, I think. You want to uh, know it? I, would. Yeah. I don't want to confuse people yet, but it's gonna be, it's a funny okay. one. So Flowers 23 today and tomorrow, final days of February. Go check them out. I have two highlights of the day. One is oh, going to wow. be quick because neither of you are going to care. But I think this is very, 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 very cool. Browner, you know who Ryan Reynolds is. Yeah, I like Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Do you guys know who Rob McElhaney is? No, I yes, don't. from uh, yes, Mac. from it, yes, and always, it's always sunny, yeah, mm-hmm. very funny. Did you guys know they own a professional soccer team? I yeah, it's a show on FX, right? Yes, so they own a club that I don't know the what division club? they're in. I think they're in the fourth division of professional English football, they're in Wales, they are Wrexham, Wrexham, Wrexham. the soccer Wrexham. club, Wrexham, Wrexham. So they are bringing Wrexham because in the summer teams they're the way soccer teams do it is they'll do like a tour. So like man United last year, they went to Asia and they did a, their preseason tour was all just games in Asia. They have been to the United States before. Sometimes they go other places. Wrexham because of the popularity of Rob and Ryan, they're coming, they're doing a tour and they're coming to the United States to play their preseason friendlies here in the United States. Guess where they're coming? San Diego. San Diego. Hello. July 26th. Dragon? Probably. But here is why I care about it. Guess who they're playing? Oh. Manchester United. Wow. Manchester who, United who in a they? friendly. That's my favorite team. One of the most popular teams, if not the most popular team in England. Manchester United in against all Wrexham sports. at Snapdragon July. I'm assuming Snapdragon because I don't think the Padres would allow a soccer game in the middle of the season. I'm assuming Snapdragon. Man U versus Wrexham July 26. I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. You got your tickets already? I don't care what it costs. I will buy. Like I've already. Wow. Me and my buddies were like, yeah, it, listen, it's a small stadium. It's going to be expensive, but I'm going no matter what. Like that. Ooh. There's just no question about it. I'm Ooh. going no matter what. Might go with a credential. But I mean, I'm going no matter. You gonna be in the building? I'm being in the building. I'm in the building. I'm gonna get a selfie with Deadpool. I would go to a soccer game like that to see something like that live and totally appreciate it for it's. You know, I think that would be cool. Super cool. I think I didn't think that stadium was big enough to host a Man U game, but then I'm looking back at it, and Man U did play at StubHub, and I went to see them. I think in like 2019, 2018. So preseason, you know, it's not sure. You know, you don't need a hundred thousand seat Rose Bowl stadium, which, by the way, uh, like 2015 ish, Man U played a friendly against Real Madrid at the Big House in Michigan. They had 115,000 people there. It was insane for a preseason, don't matter one game. So that's happening at Snapdragon. And the way they built Snapdragon, if they wanted to, like for something like that or anything, they could sell the way that's architected they could sell probably like a couple thousand standing room only tickets where people just kind of hover around the like mm-hmm. outer rims of like the concourses and the flat areas like you could probably sell if you wanted to because there's and enough room to, great, there's enough room I mean, to roam all over there browner you were there that's such a great place to watch soccer game too like yeah dude so it's awesome close. yeah it's awesome 
you're so close to the action. You're right on top of the field. Yeah, it, it was went, it was a great like. I went to, an I went to the wave game. game there, and yeah, I was like really surprised how much just like like outer lying areas you can just kind of stand and just kind of mill and still see the yeah. field. Um, we're going. And to my see second Coldplay highlight there. of the day. Oh, are you? Yeah, my wife and I got tickets to go see Coldplay there in September. I think. I think they added a second oh, show. The only way I know. It's, Nice. I think so. <clears throat> I think so. It's the only uh, one so, I anyways, my second highlight of the day is a complete rejoice moment. If you're on the internet yesterday, oh, our long international nightmare is over. What happened? Jake Paul lost his boxing oh. match against Tommy oh, Fury. Oh yeah, finally happened. The guy lost the fight. He faces a kind of real boxer and completely gets out. He did drop Tommy Fury there at the end with a jab. He Tommy Fury he slipped. He slipped. Tommy Fury is is. Listen, not a he's fighter. a professional boxer, but he's not a very good boxer. Did you watch he it? Was still, yeah, he was still. Do you uh, agree head with and the shoulders, decision? Uh, I think it wasn't even that close, to be honest. Every really? person, so Fury yeah. won the fight. Yes. Okay. Every yes. every person that I know watched that fight said, "What the final card was, it wasn't anywhere near as close as that was." It was Obviously, it was, it was a split decision. But the two judges that gave it to Fury both had it 46-43 with a knockdown. Right. So that tells you how close it was an eight-round fight. So that tells you how close it was. Um, I think Tommy Fury's whatever, but Jake Paul is not fighting a decrepit retired MMA fighter. He's fighting an actual boxer, and he just right. looked outclassed. Like, don't get me mm -hmm. wrong, Jake Paul. Give him all the credit in the world for doing what he's doing. Oh, he's absolutely. Created this absolutely. Whole, he's created this whole new, and I love watching him do what he does. But if you're going to be, if you're trying to consider yourself a real, like, boxer, boxer, right? I mean, he's just not there yet. And it's not his fault. I mean, he's fighting celebrities and, and, and old MMA and, guys. You can't blame him for garnering the attention in the fashion in which he did. No. He got a lot of people mad at him for, for beating people in boxing. However, you get people to the television. That's all that yeah. matters at the end of the day. And he did that. Now, the fact yeah. that people are happy that he's not an actual boxer, that was the complaint from the beginning. People yeah. kept saying, the guy's not a boxer. He's not a boxer. He fought a terrible boxer and got outboxed. Shocker. Like, you knew this would happen, but this is what all this is what we signed up for. We signed up for the fun. We didn't sign up for the fact. We signed up for the fun of watching this yeah. guy be a trainer. Yeah, we kind of signed up to watch him get knocked out, right? That's yes. what we wanted. That's what so you wanted. He didn't get knocked out, but he did he took some hits, man. If you watch, look at his uh this is a video he shot. Look at his face. Like, you got took some hits, man. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, didn't think I'd ever have to make one of these videos, but it happens, I guess. This is still the best job in the world. Thank you all for the support. This was an amazing event, and I'll be back. No worries, cuz. I just think, like, <laughs> go fight other celebrities, you know? Like, go fight other... Like, there's nothing wrong with making a killing fighting guys like Anderson Silva, but I think where he was making people upset was, and he's just promoting himself, by the way. Like, yes, Kong, like he could it. beat Canelo. Dude, Canelo would literally, in a round, just, yeah. So, finally happened. Tommy Fury went one, hit him a few times. Really good, a, a bunch, actually. So, there you go. All over. Guys, this has been fun. If you're listening on radio, we got more to come. If you're listening or watching, excuse me, on YouTube or audio podcast, stick around for just one more second. Jason, thank you as always for filling always in. Always a pleasure. Scott, we'll be back, back this manana. week, right? And yep.
and more from us if you're on radio more from us right now all right boys another day in the books another good day in the books fuck that jake paul shit i'm so happy it's i'm so happy it's over but i know it's not over because he's gonna keep fighting because he's gonna fight this fucker again i don't think he should do that i don't think he should either like it's a one-trick pony like the guy's better than you you don't necessarily have it in you to move up like that like he's gonna get better with years of practice fighting tommy fury again won't make you better yeah like but it's like nobody nobody wants to see jake paul become a pro boxer correct correct like i think that going into this you know this has been going on for two years with tommy fury so i get that they had to fight but to do a rematch like why like why it wasn't even close the shine is off of it that's I think it. it's long gone. I think and this was the myth. Gone. Right. This is the myth. It's I think when he, after he lost, after he lost, the question now is, does anyone give a shit anymore? Yeah, I think Jake's got to find some other celebrity that can talk shit as good as he does and mm-hmm. and just do that. It's, it's all good. I think he signed a deal with like PFL to maybe do an MMA fight. I'm like, don't do that. Oh, God, do that. no. Don't don't, don't do get that. in. Don't get in a cage don't, with Nate Diaz. Don't, don't do, do that. that. He'll be he'll get don't. hurt. Hurt. Like this is, yeah, you know, I think. Didn't Mayweather fight on Saturday too? Like yeah, another nobody, one of those nobody was cash there. crabs. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Fifty Cent made fun of him. Like there was, was really bad. nobody there. I didn't see any. Right. I, I heard that he fought. It was bad. There really wasn't anybody there. No, it was bad. It was really, really bad. What did they do that. I don't know. I just remember seeing Fifty Cent's pictures this morning, going, "Damn, champ, who did this to you?" Because it yeah. was empty well, in there. Yeah, I've never tuned in for. A Mayweather exhibition. Not a good Even watch. The Logan Paul. Yeah, no. not a good watch, man. Not a good watch. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff, guys. Jason, yeah. always yeah. fun. Always fun. We'll talk... All right. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow then. For sure. Peace the fuck out. Peace, Peace the fuck.